0: Hello, and welcome to a more perfect podcast. By popular opinion, we're gonna be covering the front runner in the Democratic race. We're gonna be covering the Hillary Clinton clone 2.0, as I like to call her. She is the most radical, crazy, insane politician you'll ever come across other than Bernie Sanders, but let's not go there. Her name is Elizabeth Warren. Her plans are literally so crazy, as you will discover in this podcast, you have to be adult to vote for her. Let's just let's just jump right into this, okay? The, or the first article that we're going to be looking at is from The Independent, and it's titled, Elizabeth Warren is writing a political suicide note for the Democrats. So, the whole argument in this article is that change in the American system is incremental. It writes, the Warren and Sanders plans are not. They will never be supported by the hundreds of thousands of people employed in the insurance industry. They will never be supported by doctors or hospitals or pharmaceutical companies. And Congress, awash with healthcare industry cash, will never vote for these plans. If the Democratic Party nominates a Medicare for All candidate like you know Bernie Sanders or the subject at hand, Elizabeth Warren, it will have Potentially sacrifice an election for the sake of an abstract idea that would only be acceptable after years of dialogue It says Elizabeth Warren has a plan for everything literally everything. It, it, it's one of her huge slogans All right, if Trump's back in 2016 was make America great again Her slogan might as well be the woman with a plan Okay, I don't actually know what her actual slogan is, but this is all I've been hearing online which is that Elizabeth Warren is, quote, the woman with a plan. Like, dude. So, she wants to move to a single-payer health insurance and effectively shut down the private, sh- private insurance market. She was assailed for not explaining how it would be paid for, the article writes. "Well, we didn't know for the longest time, and then a few weeks ago, we got a freaking price estimate. Okay, just, this is some expensive crap. This is... 20 trillion dollars of cash and money needed to fund this single payer health insurance. So every decade, imagine receiving a check for 20 trillion dollars. It's unbelievably, incredibly expensive. The article continues, it says she supports free college tuition, universal childcare, breaking up the big banks, breaking up tech giants, she's like Bob the Builder in reverse banning fracking (laughs) and major changes to the organization of the economy, corporate governance, and the role of government in economic planning. And lastly, the article says, to be sure, Warren has identified major issues in the American economy, but her plans taken individually are largely untried, way too expensive, and too much and too soon for the American public. Taken together, they evoke Gerald Kaufman's famous put-down of the 1983 Labour Party manifesto in Britain. He said, the longest suicide note in history. So that's a pretty, uh, pretty scathing article from The Independent, if I do say so myself, but I would actually like to go back to, uh, something that they said about how it was too radical too soon. Imagine if you're playing a video game, And you just started off, and then suddenly the game glitches, right? And you get transported, boom, to the final boss room, like the final big dragon. You obviously can't kill it with your wood sword, right? It's too much. Too fast. Like, you have to build up. You have to build up your resources. You have to build up your skills on your character. And gradually develop to a point where you're ready to take on this big dragon in in the video games case well it's kind of the same thing with the american people and the american nation there's a whole bunch of evidence to support this prominent example that i think everybody should know and well would know if, if you're listening to this podcast it's a little thing called uh i don't know civil rights yeah just a you know small sub sub part of american history no I'm, it's sarcasm civil rights prove that Americans can't swallow a big pill. Okay? It's it's like that meme hard to swallow pills and that's that's this. So anyways, let me let me just run you down how many years it took for civil rights as we know them to become a thing. So, you know, in just in case you didn't know, we had a civil war from 1861 to 1865. And in that civil war, the Gettysburg Address was given by Lincoln on November nineteenth, 1863. And then on December 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment was ratified, and that freed the slaves. On July 9, 1868, the 14th Amendment was ratified. And the 14th Amendment, just you know, to refresh your memory, was that all male citizens can vote except if they're criminals. Well, the South took the 14th Amendment, and they were like, Dude, dude, what if we, like, made black people, like, criminals? And so they can't vote, right? Does that, like, make sense? And we gave them impossible test, and crap like that, and that- those, quote, laws were called the Black Codes. And they were awful, but they were basically a way to stop black people from voting in the South and to keep them from the polls. There was another thing called the poll tax and it was just nasty, nasty stuff. So the 15th Amendment comes in like Superman on February 3rd, 1870 and it says that the right to vote can't be denied on basis of the color of your skin, effectively underlining that black people can't vote and that the South can't deny them the right to vote. So th- that's like nine years and then But that's not even touching the civil rights movement that came afterwards. So, I'm not going to run you through the whole civil rights movement, but there was one instance and one event in particular that you may have learned about in your history class, the Little Rock Nine. So the Little Rock Nine were, of course, nine black kids that were attending a school that was desegregating for the first time. and. Long story short, the National Guard had to be sent in because there was so much protest and so much upheaval. That was back in 1957. 61. Almost, almost 100 years after the start of the Civil War, we were still really touchy about desegregation. But this just goes to prove that changes take a long, long time. We can't just go into the final boss room and the start. We can't adopt these radical policies as a nation. It's too big of a leap. Warren can't come in here, as we'll discuss later, and reform the entire economy, tearing down established businesses and established industries. It's too big, and it's too much at once. That's basically the end of the Independent article. I will link it in the episode notes if you'd like to read it for yourself. So I'm gonna move on to another article now from the New York Times. And this article is titled, The Warren Way is the Wrong Way, which again, I'll link all these articles down in the description if you just, I think you long press on the episode and then you do episode notes. There should be a link there for all the articles that I'm talking about. From the New York Times, it's especially funny because it was written by a lifelong Democrat. And he says, he he says he freely acknowledges that substantial reforms are much needed, both to achieve a more equitable distribution of income and wealth, and to make good on Donald Trump's failed pledge to raise the economy's growth rate. Right? Obviously this guy doesn't look at the charts often, or the news, or you know, he lives under a rock. But that's really beside the point. It's also kind of interesting that he says substantial reforms are needed both to achieve a more equitable distribution of income and wealth because if you listen to episode three, I had Lauren on the podcast and she's very, very smart, but she's a Democrat too. And she was, I, I believe she said that all of her um, economic thought and or m- most of her political motivation is from the wealth gap, she called it. Kind of interesting that he would say the same thing. But the article continues and says, but the Warren way would be quite simply the wrong way. The article says that she unveiled the Medicare for all plan and a vision of how to pay for it. How to pay that $23 trillion piggy bank. Imagine being handed a $23 trillion check every 10 years. A daunting mountain of new taxes and fees. You guessed it when the government needs money, guess where it comes from? You. The article says her armada of changes will be highly disruptive. For example, to the hundred and fifty six million Americans who have private health insurance. So that's so that's Elizabeth Warren's plan to abolish private health care to form a single payer system. And a single payer system, in case you didn't know, is just a fancy way of saying government controls the healthcare. So not only is she abolishing the industry of private health insurance, she is also implementing this big old fat plan of a 23 trillion dollars. Might as well be unicorn poop because she thinks it'll just disappear out of nowhere. I mean, she's crazy geez, like, do you like expanding government power? I mean, obviously you do if you vote for Warren. You like the government to be a big ol' ogre in your face all the time. Because voting for Warren would do just that. It would expand government power so significantly. It says, less disgust is her intention to impose vast new regulatory burdens and to revamp the way business functions, which could have a even more negative effect on our economy than as I just said, imposing a $23 trillion single-payer healthcare plan. Many of America's global champions, like banks and check giants, would be dismembered. Private equity, which plays a useful role in driving business efficiency, would be effectively eliminated. Shale fracking, or 59% of our whole damn oil supply, would be banned. And it would send oil and natural gas prices soaring and cost millions of Americans their jobs and on and on and on we all need gas to get to work would don't we so what if you know the oil just says oh I don't think so and just goes kapoey though the gas prices if you think like three dollars per gallon is bad try like eight I mean you gotta fill up sometime oh she have a Tesla The article covers something else which is less talked about. It says, most significantly, the system of state chartering of corporations for businesses with more than a billion dollars in revenues would become a federal function. So state chartering is basically the establishment of a business to function in that state. So the businesses files a charter and it includes a whole bunch of information about businesses and like what the business is called what its information is like and they provide it to the state government and the government says okay sure you know we'll we'll let you in because we know you're here but this will become a federal function companies under warren could lose their charters if they failed to adhere to an often vague set of principles because you know the federal government is never detailed including considering in their decision-making the interests of employees, customers, and their communities. So basically, if you don't have unions on your board of directors, and you just build anyway, and you don't comply with whatever the hell Warren's plan is, your business is kapooey. You're done. That's right. Warren wants to control Businesses. I, I, I wish I was exaggerating here. She wants to control businesses and shut them down if they don't abide by her regulations. This is not the America I know, and it's certainly not the America you know, because we've never had this crap before. I mean, what, what happened to the freedom of, of assembly? Because in, in essence, a board of directors is an assembly of people. So if she's saying you have to include this in your assembly, you have to do this, 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 she's abridging on that constitutional right. That's unconstitutional. You can't do this because it's too much, again, to swallow. She said once that she wants to break apart these big tech companies because she wants to free the small businesses. I I think I have a clip here of her saying just that. Right now, with giants like amazon and and google and facebook do you know how venture capitals talk about the space around them they call it the kill zone because they don't want to fund businesses in that space because they know amazon will eat them up facebook will eat them up google will eat them up so in that clip She argues that small companies will be bought out by the big companies and that big companies are just being constantly bought out before they can even grow out of the ground, like a little plant. You know, she's obviously ignoring something that you and I both use, it's called Snapchat. Just in case you didn't know, Snapchat was almost bought out by Facebook in the very beginning stages of Snapchat, right? Because Facebook doesn't believe in too big to fail, Zuckerberg and the Facebook giant, they constantly are looking for things that could potentially upsert their monopoly on the social media or like what they had. Zuckerberg came to the founder of Snapchat and he offered to buy it and the the Snapchat said no, no, no over and over again. And what do you know? Today, Snapchat, I would say, is rivaling Instagram and it's rivaling Facebook in the sheer scope of its enormity. I mean, Snapchat's a pretty big deal right up next to Instagram and Facebook, which if you didn't know, Facebook owns Instagram. They're like the third major player in the social media marketplace. So she's obviously wrong saying that small companies can't start and grow into huge companies because of a big tech monopoly. So, that's it from the New York Times. And the last thing is something from Axios that says, The economists came down hard on Elizabeth Warren's plan the last month, describing her regulatory proposals as, quote, jaw-dropping and warns of a severe shock were her plans to be enacted. The Plutocrats, so... The article says the plutocrats from the New York Times were, or or the plutocrats from The Economist, were joined by Joe Biden, whose spokesperson said that Warren's plan to pay for universal health care would raise taxes on the middle class, as I said earlier. And since the middle class owns stocks, and the plan includes a 0.1% tax on financial transactions, that would destroy your. Retirement, if your retirement's in the stock market. If your retirement's in the S&P 500, Warren's 0.1% tax on financial transactions, which would be when you buy a stock, um, 10% of it would go to the federal government to pay for a plan that took your private insurance away from you. If you like big government, vote for Warren. If you don't like big government and you're a sane, reasonable person, grow a brain. Don't vote for Warren. I, I I obviously encourage you to vote because 2020 is going to be a hellscape. If Warren gets the nomination, even if you don't like Trump, Trump is going to be, in my point of view, better for the nation than Elizabeth Warren ever would be. Elizabeth Warren's too much for the American nation to swallow. She's gonna. She would destroy the economy. She would take away all the motivation for businesses to start because you know why get to the top when at the top you're just gonna be slapped by a giant gorilla. It's completely insane to me how the Democrats just became this radical just like that. Warren would kill your job, she obviously is not based in reality as I detailed in the snapchat story. It's crazy. The article from New York Times really was right. The Warren way is the wrong way. So I'm going to leave you with that. Hopefully, you know more about your candidate now and the Democratic frontrunner. I encourage you to research. Research your candidates, whoever you're going to vote for. Whether it be Bernie Sanders or, you know, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, I don't care. Just make sure you know who and what, more importantly, you are voting for. Because you can vote for the most charming person in the world, but if they have bad policies, they're gonna be bad for the nation. Donald Trump may be an awful person. I say it loud and proudly myself. Donald Trump's a terrible, terrible person. As a character, he's slept with multiple women other than his wife. He's said borderline racist things. He's an awful man. But the policies that he's done are just fantastic in my opinion, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother episode. Vote for policy, not for character. And research. It's going to be a hellscape out there. Don't go in unprepared. So I'll leave you with that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please rate this podcast give it five stars it really really helps the podcast to get up there when people search for it currently when you search for a more perfect podcast a bunch of other podcasts come up but if you give our podcast or my podcast a five-star rating then it helps it it helps move it up in the ranks that would be greatly appreciated also on spotify you can rate it too so please give it a five-star rating if you enjoyed the episode i'm gonna leave you guys with that Have a more perfect day.